check it out. Un-territory. Ain't nobody been there. You understand? Undiscovered. So call somebody and tell somebody. There's a new day, and there's also a new sheriff in the town. A lot of things will be exposed real soon. Love you. Be good. and welcome to episode 105 of Uncharted Territory. My name is Tim Dalton. I am going to be your host for this evening. Have some other wonderful people on the show. Wonderful. Uh, wonderful people. And uh, we'll go around the room here and uh, introduce each other or introduce our own, our own selves. First, uh, Corey Olson. Say hello, Corey. Hey, Tim. Thanks for hosting tonight. Hello, promoters. Great to be back with you once again. Uh, weather here in the Twin Cities, well, as I think I mentioned last week, we did have some unseasonable warmth, uh, got to about the 70s again uh, the last couple of days, but now Tuesday as we record more of an autumnal day uh, with temperatures around like the 40s and 50s, got a good amount of rain uh, last night and today. And yeah, definitely, definitely, probably, I, you know, every time I think, every time I think summer's gone, they, they bring it back for another, another tour. So we'll see. If we're actually going to get autumn, if we're just going to roll to winter, like I said, we had some snow already, uh, but we'll, we'll see what's uh, what's upcoming next for, for Minnesota. Uh, but I'm very happy to be back here, uh, taking a look at another great piece of Filsinger Games history and great to talk to all of you promoters. Okay, even thanks, Mark? Corey. Even Mark, <laughs> even Mark. Even Mark. <laughs> and we are down a couple uh, tonight from our regular crew. Chad and Stu are both uh, on, on the road and unable to be with us, but we do have our uh, Club Galactica Super Report crew on here. So uh, we'll start with Mark Ashby. Mark, how are you this evening? All right. Uh, I guess I have to be the Mid-Atlantic weather representative since Stu. You are. You're filling in for Stu. Yeah. Um, it's not quite so autumnal here today. Um, I would say we got up around, it was close to 70 here in uh, the mountains. Well, I'm kind of in a valley in the mountains of West Virginia, but it was still pretty, pretty warm, uh, unseasonably so for close to the end of October. But as I understand, it's going to get a little chillier. But uh, yeah, the leaves are just a little bit past peak. Uh, so uh, if you're in this area and you still haven't done your leaf peeping yet, I would say get out there now because by the weekend, it might not be there anymore. They're all going to be on the ground. Mostly. <laughs> if, if history serves. Well, thanks, Mark. And we also have the, the real star of Uncharted Territory with us this evening, Matt Dickendesher. Matt, how are you? Good evening. I'm doing well, gentlemen. 
Uh, if you want a weather report, I think it's about 75 degrees here. Uh, we uh, opened our ice rink yesterday and we closed it today because it's just too warm. So hopefully uh, <laughs> another day. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I'll tell you the weather here in Buffalo. I, we may, I, we may have the, I, this is a rare time where I probably have the best weather of the people on the show. Uh, it was a beautiful day today, 77 degrees with sunshine all day long. Uh, just a gorgeous uh, fall day that we rarely get. And uh, it, it's been a nice run here. We've had about five days in a row of temps like this. And I think tomorrow is going to be a little bit cooler and it looks like the rain is coming in. So uh, today may have been the last day of park golf that I'll, I'll be able to get in for the season, but we'll, we'll see if I can drag my ass out of bed early tomorrow morning. But other than that, that's the, uh, the, the weather for today. And as we always kind of start the show, we go around and talk about things that are new. And uh, we had the Phil Singer games, uh, as we like to call it, the autumnal con, uh, the virtual get together of the, uh, the game players, uh, Tom Filsinger was there as well, along with a lot of the people, you know, that work behind the scenes of Filsinger games. And we had Brian Blair join us from cauliflower alley club, uh, and obviously a former, uh, professional wrestler come in and, and kind of, uh, do a spiel and, and let's, so let's talk about that a little bit. So first of all, we had a couple cards that came out, uh, that were exclusive to the convention. The first one was an early 70s Ivan Koloff card. And uh, I will say, if, if you don't like it, then, then I'm probably mostly to blame because I'm the one that did the research in the stats. Uh, but but uh, uh, Corey, what, what did you think? Well, and unfortunately, I wasn't able to be on the, uh, the autumnal con live. But uh, as far as the Ivan Koloff card, you know, we kind of went through, we like to release some type of Legends card at each one of these events. And, you know, the, the theme has kind of been something that's maybe not absolutely essential. And so we've had, you know, some stars like Nacho Barrera, Frogman LeBlanc. Um, and, you know, we really kind of upped the game here. I, I think this is going to be a collector's item if you missed it, if you didn't get your ticket. Uh, you know, yeah, Tim did a great job uh, on this card as far as the strength of Ivan. You know, he was a huge, huge star. Uh, of course, had the WWF title run for about three weeks uh, in uh, 71 before losing it to Pedro Morales. But um, you know, even beyond that, he just kind of lived off that reputation for many years and continued to be a star, you know, with main event against Bruno later and Bob Backlund and other territories as well, really used that as kind of his, as part of his appeal. He was the, the guy that beat Bruno San Martino. So I think Tim did a really good job on that. I like that he's not as gimmicky, you know, doesn't have the chain mechanic because he wasn't using that at the time. And uh, sorry if I'm giving away spoilers promoters, if you haven't seen the card yet, but it's in our online accounts. So check it out uh, there. And, uh, and yeah, this is a good, this is going to be a fun card. I might uh, need to find a, figure out a way to incorporate them. I'm currently using his, his uh, later years color card with the chain gimmick uh, in my USWA. So I'll need to kind of figure out a way to say that he gained some muscle and some weight and then, and uh, <laughs> use this, use this card. Cause I would love to use this card and see how he holds up. Well, thanks. Uh, Matt, uh, what, what do you think about uh, getting Ivan Koloff? Um, I guess I'm excited. Uh, it'll be a interesting take, uh, depending on what direction I go when I get more into my Legends Fed, whether it's the 80s version or go back into the early 70s version, but it's nice to have options. Okay. Okay, good. And Mark, I'm assuming you just don't even care. I mean, I know who he is. I saw him wrestle plenty of times, but, you know, I'm not currently an active promoter, but, you know, I'm a big name. So, yeah, well, good job. Yeah. 
And uh, the, the second card uh, in the, the champion's realm was uh, Sectarian the Barbarian, uh, who definitely looks interesting. And um, I believe, was that part of the Kronos uh, set? set? I, I, yeah, okay. Uh, is that okay? I didn't see okay. anything officially yet, but I assumed that's what it was. Yeah. So, uh, gentlemen, your your thoughts on on Sectarian the Barbarian? I'll just say, you know, I didn't know that was going to be the champions release until we saw the the PDF of the of Ivan and Sectarian. There's there's a tag team for you. Um, you know, so to open up the, the file and see Sectarian the Barbarian, I just started laughing. Um, but hey, you know, this is Kronos. Anything goes. Um, I'm wondering if, if Rob picked him because of the 2093 being re-released or reimagined. Um, but either way, no, this is really, this is cool. Rob did a good job on him, you know, gave him a, uh, you know, some definitely toughened him up a lot. He's a tough card. And I like the finisher mechanic. I don't know if a roll finisher like that has been done before, if I missed it somewhere. Um, but I, I like the, the mechanic he did where he rolled two dice and the, just picked the higher roll. That's his finisher rating. So you can have up to a plus six finisher. Uh, who'd have thought sectarian with a plus six, but yeah, great job, <laughs> Rob. Uh, no, and, and fun, fun artwork, you know, definitely a, a new look to him and, and gives him gives him something different. He's pissed off at all the people making fun of him over the years. I well, think yeah, like, you know, like he got <laughs> on a, the juice and just yep. decided that's enough's enough. <laughs> yep. Matt, any thoughts on on sectarian? Oh, that's a really cool reimagining, or uh, I guess alternate universe version. And it's nice to give a character that uh, had very little life in his original run, I, even though it's an alternate universe universe version. It's kind of nice to give this character a, a big uh, big push now. Okay, thanks. And uh, one of the one of the things I thought was just really a highlight uh, was the uh, the Brian Blair interview. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time. He, he told some great stories. Um, you know, some off color stories, which is fine, which is always good. Um, but I thought it was great him talking about the cauliflower alley club and the, the mission of the organization and the, the kind of work they do. I thought that was just great having him on there and kind of, you know, promoting, uh, his organization as well. Um, I guess what did, uh, Matt, I, I mean, you what did you think of Brian? I was interesting. Um, wasn't sure if I was going to make it that long in the afternoon without a nap and all, but uh, I stuck with it. Uh, it was a good, good interview. And as you said, he told some good stories and uh, kind of nice to see him hang around during the auction and you know see his reactions to some of those things too. That was one thing I thought was really cool too was that that he did hang around after his his segment was up and he engaged the fans and um, you know, was calling out different people. I thought that was unique. I mean, most of the people that we've had come on kind of do their, do their thing and then, then they leave. But, um, I think it was really cool for him to, to stick around, uh, Corey. Well, I haven't heard the interview yet cause I wasn't there, but, ah, uh, but it was I, really but, good. I, I, that's, I was just going to say, I did read a lot of promoter comments on the discussion board and it sounded great. I, you know, I'm guessing Sam is going to be releasing it on roll up this week or, or in a future episode. And, and I appreciate that Sam does that because unfortunately I'm not always able to stay for some of the interviews on, on some of these virtual cons. And so I really appreciate Sam taking the time to, to do that. It's always fun to hear, but having heard Brian at the past at the Waterloo hall of fame, you know, uh, an interesting speaker and great to hear from him. Uh, so really appreciate that he took the time to, to join our promoters on this uh, virtual con. All right. Thanks Corey. And sorry, I keep forgetting that you weren't there. I just always assume that you're, you're at these things. 
Usually, yeah, usually somewhere at some point, but but not this time. <laughs> you really, usually you're lurking in the background somewhere. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so tonight's main event that we're going to talk about is the March 1990 Club Galactica Super Report. Um, kind of a, a, a landmark issue because we're we're really starting to get get rolling on the uh, on the first Galacticon, uh, as you can see from the cover page which uh, has a, a building with some shrubberies and, it, and, and a note that says, what significance does this building have for Champions of the Galaxy? Well, I know because it's the damn Sheldon House in Jamestown, New York, where we gathered. Well, we didn't for know that convention. in March 1990. Come on. Apparently I wasn't even a member yet in March 1990. So, um, damn, I, I, when did I join this freaking organization anyway? I don't even know. Um, but you uh, by phone a few issues ago, where were you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I obviously they weren't taking PayPal back then, uh, from Mark, like I would use PayPal anyway. Um, but Mark, I did have one question about the cover where, where did you get that? that artwork for the Sheldon house. Pretty sure Tom sent it to me. I, I mean, we didn't have web Google searches and all of that in those days, so mm -hmm. it had to have been something that uh, got mailed to me. So yeah, I, I just would have to assume that was from Tom. Yeah, because I saw, I thought that was really sharp. I thought that was kind of a nice, um, you know, kind of a nice splash page there to, to, to kick things off on the cover. Agreed. And, um, you know, and, and then in the intro, uh, you know, you talk about it a little bit more and, and say that, um, uh, you know, Tom's also gonna delve in and, and come out with new Bruton Masker cards. Uh, because he, he didn't quite like the, the first iteration of the, the ultimate gladiators apparently weren't that ultimate. <laughs> and uh, so he wanted to kind of tweak them a little bit and he was giving out the cards for free by God. It, it, it was a different time back then. Um, and uh, also in the intro, you know, with, with Mark uh, kind of working on the GWF soundtrack, he was looking for both vocalists. I mean, right now you'd have me and Corey, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, the, the karaoke horrors that, I, that we are. Um, but I, I thought that was kind of interesting, just kind of, uh, you know, kind of covering a lot in this issue. Uh, Mark, any, any thoughts on, uh, on, on the, uh, the introduction of this one? Yeah, the vocals, as far as that goes, it was more for like, um, kind of, you know, like Grant did with his songs in the key of GWF, where you had like little vignettes in between. That was supposed to be the idea of that. And I do remember that I, I can clearly remember a few of them that I got. I remember Bazzi sent me one because I had him doing, uh, it was either Exo King or Royal Overlord something. I just wanted something with a British accent. So, and he had that, you know, it's not, I'll just put it this way. Bazzi's accent is not the, the, this sort of standard British. It's more in this kind of, you know, <laughs> not really Cockney. I don't want to, you know, it's. I don't re exactly recall, but I just thought, oh, well, all right, that's what we got, because I didn't know what he sounded like until he sent me a tape. Um, so uh, that's what that was for. It wasn't necessarily that anybody was going to sing on any of these songs because I didn't really write lyrics. So, yeah, and then I guess those are around Grant has threatened that he's going to be putting these things up on YouTube, but at least he asked me first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for well, that's good. But, like, you know, I hear these things on cassette that's 30 years old and all, and it's been, you know, compressed to hell and back because the the you know magnetism on it is not it probably wasn't that good of fidelity to begin with and you know 30 years later it's even worse but 
assuming those make their way out there someday, I, I guess, enjoy it. I'm sure I'm as like any uh, artist is, uh, you look back on some of your old stuff and you go, yeah, I'm not going to be listening to that again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if there's anything about me on YouTube, then it, it's probably just stuff that means I'll never run for public office. Um, I guess the first thing that, to get into here is the rankings uh, in, in this month. Corey, do you want to kind of lead us in that conversation? I'd be happy to. Thanks, Tim. Uh, on the single side of things, the Galaxian heavyweight title picture, not a lot of changes, you know, a few uh, position swaps, things like that. Uh, we've still got Thantos atop the charts uh, with Wolf still holding the number one position. Then some uh, some switching around here. Uh, Star Warrior bumping up two spots, three spots, excuse me, to number two. Spike staying strong at number three, Bounty Hunter dropping two to four, and Pulsar Prime dropping one to number five. Uh, I won't, won't read through the rest. I'll just highlight a couple of names that reappeared on this list at numbers 19 and 20, respectively. We had Renegade and Billy Joe Boxer. Um, you know, we kind of talked about this before, but kind of cool to see some of those originals or, or, or you know, first two set features um, still hanging in there, still doing strong with all the releases that had come out by this point up to 2090. Uh, names like Renegade and Billy Joe are, are still doing well. Promoters still wanting to use them in the singles ranks, especially Billy Joe with the um, popularity of, of Titan power at this point. Um, and then over on the uh, interplanetary single side, uh, we have a new, uh, new champion with Spike jumping up from number two to uh, take the title from Pulsar Prime. Uh, Pulsar Prime holding the number one spot there, followed by Star Warrior dropping down to number two. Invincible Kraken jumping up a big time from number nine to number three. And then uh, you can read the rest of the, the top ten there for the interplanetary rankings. And over on the Galaxian tag team uh, side, we have the Greek gods still holding on to the title belts, followed by the Ultimate Gladiators. Cosmic Forces moving up a spot to number two. Animal Pack jumping up to, uh, one spot to number three. Powerhouse dropping down two to number four and the alien core uh, moving up two spots to number five. Um, you know, some other uh, teams there and from slot six to nine kind of switching spots. You can read that, but we do have the game hunters now uh, back. I think they were in a previous issue. I think they were ranked, uh, but they have, they dropped off last month and now are back. It always amused me to see how well that team did for, uh, for promoters. And I really tried to push them. I, I just wanted Guile one time to hold title belts uh, you know, never, never happened for me, but, uh, just cool to see how, how they did for, for other people as a tag team. And then, uh, on the, uh, three-man tag team side, uh, again, not, not too many changes there. Gladiators of Aethra still holding on to the titles. Um, only real new team here is the, uh, the FDF, the Federation Defense Fighters. Uh, let's see here. Now remind me who would have been some of the members of the FDF at that point. Well, you got Pulsar Primes in there, right? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. So it probably right. was maybe it was uh, Star Warrior yeah. Prime and Sam, maybe. Sure. Um, Did Tarek come in yet? Was that part of the? Because I remember some of the, and I don't remember what year, like the, they kind of merged in. Mm -hmm. You're asking the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. I have That's no memory question. for anything anymore. Why do you even get me on this show? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah. So th that's uh, the rankings uh, for the month of March here. Mark, any, any thoughts or memories here as we look at uh, the names and the positions on these lists? Yeah, not what you say. It's mostly just sort of like a couple 
uh, spots up and down. Um, I'm trying to remember if Mad Jester had been in the top 10 at this point, because he did sneak in at number 10 from mm. coming up from number 12 in this issue. So, I mean, yeah. it might be a little higher than you would expect. He's ahead mm. of people like Iron Maine and, mm-hmm. you know, Actagon we had talked about being uh, pretty decent in singles for a long time, even though he fell five spots in this issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess Pulsar Prime losing the title at that point might have been just a I think we discussed last time how I think a lot of people just really wanted to push him to the moon right when he got that new card, but maybe sure. the effect didn't last as long. And, you know, I guess future issues, we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, mm-hmm. the Game Hunters, I mean, I'm sure that was on the, the strength of Gamekeeper Trap as a finisher. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's yeah. Number 10 there, for sure. Bounty Hunter mm-hmm. just, you know, letting the boss do all the work. Right. <laughs> all right. So there are the rankings uh, for the month of March, 1990. Okay, thanks, Corey. And now, Mr. Matt, you want to get us into the uh, the details, some of the details. People want to attend Galacticon 1990 if they if they got their their time machine, uh, you know, and, and want to go back and attend. Uh, what are the details? What are we doing here, Matt? Well, it sounds like you have to pinch Mark's toes and call him a jelly donut if you uh, want to read his quotes here in this little uh, sort of interview. It's uh, called a metaphor, um, and if you oh, had finished school, you would know what that is. Well, there's it's quotation huge. marks. It's not like a direct quote that you uh, said to Tom, and Tom said he'll wait till later to do that. So I guess I'm wondering if Tom ever did that. But uh, he's a little the, hazy. <laughs> the details do have the Sheldon House on the third or fourth weekend of July because Tom is a psychology professor at Jamestown Community College, so he can get the, the place for half price. Mark says the third weekend in July work, the 21st and 22nd. Tom's talking about getting the deli tray or even having it catered. No mention yet of Leslie's brownies, which became world, well, galaxy famous. Uh, but uh, Alex started crying, so Tom had to go, so we kind of lose out on a little bit of the conversation. But uh, we do have Galacticon nailed down for the 21st and 22nd of July. Um, and... Uh, Tom's going to be living right near it. We're going to have a barbecue at his place. We have some pictures. Uh, unfortunately, the piano doesn't show up, but we have a nice exterior photo and a nice shot. Don't, of, don't put uh, anything on the piano. <laughs> don't put anything on the piano, Matt. We got a nice shot of uh, one of the shelves of books. You know, I regularly randomly pick up the books to see if anybody would ever pick them up in the you know time that they'd been there. But uh, that was always kind of nice. The place had a good ambiance. I didn't go to this first one, but, you know, the Sheldon House... I uh, have very fond memories of uh, that place. And we've got a, a little uh, a real estate ad, I guess, uh, for it, you know, as talking about the French doors and the adjoining study with the fireplace and the, the Jamestown made Alstrom piano, which I'm guessing makes it worth multiple millions of dollars, which is why Gene didn't ever want us to touch it. The <laughs> solarium was always nice for rolling dice and the wood burning fireplace and, and, all of the different uh, amenities that are listed there, the winding staircase that sweeps up to the guest suites that in years uh, after this, I would be lucky enough to stay in quite regularly. And of course, jeans, quarters, and, you know, several other things. So um, pretty detailed explanation of the Sheldon house. And uh, it's a great place to have a Galacticon. It, it definitely was. Although I do, there, there's something later on in here about uh, the, the talking about the gardens and uh, the gardens incorporate several rose beds and approximately 1200 square feet of lawn area and include a small reflecting pool 
I don't recall ever seeing a small reflecting pool. It was, it was a very small one. There was one there. I don't know if it was always there. W was it just a puddle from the, the deluge of Pretty. rain that, that came down? There was something in that little back uh, yard area where you kind of went out into the gardens. There was a little something there. You couldn't roll dice next to it, probably. So that's why nobody ever saw it. Yeah. There wasn't any reason to be there. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, you didn't want your cards to get wet. Exactly. And we didn't have uh, hard plastic sleeves back then. <laughs> that seemed to be a very sought after type of thing. <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Matt. I, I mean, I, I thought it was really kind of cool. I mean, uh, you know, kind of seeing this now and going back and hearing all that, um, that it was, it was really kind of neat. I, I it, it brings back good memories thinking about that first Galacticon. Uh, next on the list, we got the, uh, the Federation Fanatic of the Month this year, or this month for March. And uh, our winner was Chad Rue, who I believe in the Dream Federation became bad Chad Rue, uh, although I wouldn't wager any money. Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Um, so uh, Chad's been playing for three years. He's got five titles. Um, Renegade. His most dominant wrestler, which I thought was was makes him kind of a unique guy. Um, he was playing the game wrong. Yeah, he, he definitely was playing his most the dominant game. tag team. I'll let his most dominant that, tag too. team is Pulsar and Lightning. Um, and then you know the thing that really kind of kind of took me by by surprise was that Good God he actually ran a scaffold battle royal. Uh, you know, in the, on, on a show when Chad's not here uh, to discuss the the merits of the the scaffold battle royal. Um, but, uh, Chad Rue, I mean, any, uh, any memories of him, Mark? He was, if he wasn't among the first subscribers, he was, he was pretty early on. Uh, I know that, um, yeah, he was one of those, we've had a few in the past where it was like, they contributed regularly, but they never submitted a, an FFOTM, uh, submission. So, uh, once he was there uh you know and some of these interesting things like talking about how much he liked lightning his favorite wrestler was lightning i mean yeah that that's god bless chad brew but if you can look at that lightning drawing and think that's one of the best then yeah right i mean <laughs> you know i i gotta put the information out there don't shoot the messenger yeah. uh it's as much as matt might like to um but yeah he he was a lightning mark apparently so um that was pretty cool but yeah i mean the scaffold battle royal i'm not exactly sure how you would have run that but uh that, like that was one of chad's babies i mean I know. That was his... just, we got to talk to him again about that <laughs> that ought to be the subject of a, a future yes. uh, show he had a lightning teaming with earthquake to become the natural disasters and you yes. know so everything every paragraph had lightning in it except the first one with renegade so yeah he yeah. was <laughs> he was one that that you know probably deserved it just you know being there for longevity he was uh, among the first, uh, if not in the first batch, he was definitely early on. Yeah, Matt, do you remember anything about uh, about Chad? He was bad. Okay, <laughs> Corey, really, really bad. Well, I just, I've no, and I never met Chad or anything, but I just have to say, along the the topic of his lightning obsession, the instant he saw his picture, he took liking to him. We mentioned that, but here, here's the kicker. Chad even had his name and emblem sewn onto his jacket. I, I, I wow, yeah. I'm, I'm at a loss for words here. Of There's all no the accounting wrestling. for taste. 
Yeah, yeah. All the rest. <laughs> he's from Wisconsin, which is right next <laughs> yeah. to Michigan, so that yeah. might explain a lot. And and even Ooh. better, he's from Poissippi, Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, population twelve. You know, it's not exactly a booming yeah. metropolis. Got enough for his well. Well, and and as it states at the bottom of this, you know, hey, Galacticans, do you want to be the Federation fanatic of the month? All you have to do, all you have to do is go to TKOStore.com. That's (laughs) T-E-E-K-O-Store.com. Here's what you do. You buy about a dozen Uncharted Territory t-shirts, sweatshirts, or hoodies. They're all there. They're all wonderful quality. You'll look great in them. You buy about a dozen of those. And you will be the next Federation fanatic of the month. That's all you have. It's TKOStore.com, T-E-E-K-O-Store.com for all your Uncharted Territory merchandise. I, I think I think Pike Mojo needs to start a Federation fanatic of the month t-shirt that we can include in our <laughs> TKO store. <laughs> Along with all of these, these photos from, you know, 1980, 90, mm-hmm. uh, you know, school picture day. Yes. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, kind of uh, leading uh, off of Bad Chad Rue uh, and into the Club Galactica Dream Federation, uh, Matt, why don't you take us through the latest update there? Well, Bad Chad doesn't appear in the uh, 16-man tournament, and uh, neither do I, because I would not set foot on the campus of Frostburg State University where this tournament was held. Uh, but the odds-on favorite, of course, being the major rager, Christopher Axel Guest, and James the Bug Work, and Myron X. Coleman, the X-Man, and David Goliath Fisher. Uh, so quickly running through uh, the first round, the Galactic Gremlin, Thomas Keene, and Myron X. Coleman, uh, the X-Man, gets the DQ victory because, you know, Thomas Keene, in his unorthodox style, simply just got him DQ'd. It's unfortunate, but hey, sorry, Thomas. Ravaging Randy Barning and babyface David Barnes. Uh, Barnes pinned Randy. I'm going to guess it was pretty quickly because there's not a whole lot of description. Blackjack Dave Seismanak and David Goliath Fisher. Fisher um, and uh, Goliath gets the victory with his gargantua drop. Conan Joel Ainsworth and Mark the Hitman Bane. Um, the heroes, as Mark notes, has not have not been having a good evening so far, but Conan changed all that by storming over the claimed protege of the invincible Kraken Kraken and pinning Mark the Hitman Bane. The Highlander Kurt Campbell devastated Hammer and Heath Linder, picking up a countout victory. Chaz the Comet Bennett uh, and James the Bug worked square off, um, but the Bug turned out to be a monster and put. Chaz, the Comet, down for the count. Jeff Chainsaw, Menapace, and the ultimate one, Terry Weinbrandt. Uh, the Chainsaw got DQ'd. The ultimate one moved on. Obviously, we didn't roll DQ twice for this tournament. The Major Rager, Axel Guest, and the total package, Lex Luger, or Martin Addison, I guess. He must have uh, must have had a trademark on that nickname. But uh, the Major They get mistaken baby. for one another all the time. Yeah, <laughs> they do. The major rager was uh, touted as the fans picked to win. He was their favorite. The cheers broke the decimal meter and got to him so much that he surged. He hulked up. Yeah. And he did the total package to move on to the second round. <laughs> uh, not as much uh, detail in the following rounds, but Myron Coleman over David Barnes. Joel Conan Ainsworth defeated David Goliath Fisher. The bug James Work knocked off Kirk the Highlander Campbell. 
In the major rage, your actual guest defeated Terry, the ultimate one, Weinbrand. In the semis, now to the final four, Myron X. Coleman over Joel Conan Ainsworth. And sorry, Axel falls victim to James the Bug work. So our finals, uh, see Myron X-Man Coleman taking on James the Bug work. And the X-Factor does it. Winner of the CDGF heavyweight title, celebrating with all those seven-tooth fans in the Frostburg uh, University Arena, Myron X-Man Coleman. Uh, X-Man slanders. The good name of the major rager who finally comes out into a big brawl and uh we ended up having a bigger brawl some groups have been formed you you know we have some crying about poor officiating and other things but uh next month we'll get into some tag team title action with a lot of new additions i'm hoping that that's where bad chad and myself the maniacal and make an appearance but i don't remember it's been 30 some years but uh, <laughs> any other new members if you're interested in joining Right to Club Galactica headquarters. Not now, but back then. And hopefully a few of them did. So we have a great big tag team tournament coming up. That was a fantastic recap, Matt. Thank you so much. And now, uh, Corey, speaking of some new members perhaps coming in, Corey, what uh, what do we got is on the new member update? Well, first of all, before I get into any names, I have to give some some a little data report here. So... Uh, Mark tells us that last month he had incorrectly reported the membership at the time as being 72 members, when in fact, the actual number was 69. 69, dudes! Oh, Chad, we miss you. <laughs> Why can't Chad be on here live if he can send emails? I know. This, uh... <laughs> I know, I know. He can't be live because you're here, apparently. Well, that's so, the actual, yeah. yeah. Yep. Right, keep up. Oh. So, um, but yeah, and then apparently then, so membership was reported 17 numbers, actual number 69, but now 75. I still like 69 better as, a, as the membership count, but, but it's good, good to see the, uh, the official numbers here. You can kind of re read through the, uh, the list of shame here as far as who was expelled. and Well, we was... can see why James the Bug Work did the job in the Dream well, yeah, Federation match absolutely. because he just got expelled for non-payment fees. Literally down. Yep, yep, <laughs> leaving the territory, yep. Um, but you know, you can kind of read who is eligible for renewal and, and there was, you know, reinstatements, there was forgiveness here, but we'll get to the brand new members here. Uh, always fun to see some of the names here. We have Michael T. Fluke from Crystal Spring, Pennsylvania, Lawrence Sullivan from Yonkers, New York. wonder if he knew Tommy Dreamer, uh, Scott Foy from Long Beach, Mississippi, uh, Eric Duker from Oakland, California, Alex Aguila from Hialeah, Florida. Or Hialeah. Uh, Hialeah. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Race I, was, down there, yeah. I, I was I was really working on that one earlier. You're obviously uh, not betting on the horses a lot. Right, right. Now in Hawaii, maybe Hialeah. See, that's but... what I was thinking. I was thinking Hawaiian, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, Michael Medlock from West Collingswood Heights, New Jersey. Um, you know, Mark, any any memories of any of these new promoters? Yeah, Mike Fluke. I rode with him to Galacticon one time. Oh, I remember. He was him. on the way. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, he was, he was an interesting guy. Um, I, he knew Don Wells. He was good friends of Don Wells. That's right. Really? From, uh, yeah. He had like That's pictures right. with her and everything. Yep. That was not a, you know, talking out of school there. It was he not a really fluke. Like, 
Not a blue belt. <laughs> hey, um, hey. Oh. He, he got into the Dream Federation, too, I believe, at some point. I think he was I Mad think he Mike did. Fluke, right? Yeah. Mm. Bad Chad Rue, Mad Mike Fluke. These original folks here. Yeah. Maniacal Matt Dickendesher. I mean, Moron, Mark Ashby. I mean, you know, there were lots of. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, my, but Crystal Spring, PA, that's not too far north uh, from where I'm at. Um, okay. He lived in like Everett, a couple other of those small towns. So, yeah, he was only ever like an hour, hour and a half from where I lived. So, yeah, I remember one year we picked I picked him up and he and Bob and I all rode up together. The other ones, um, Scott Foy was the only other one that kind of rang a bell, but like Long Beach, Mississippi. Well, that's yeah. a turn. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's like two things that don't go together. Right. Right. <laughs> So I think I think Scott was somewhat involved. Um, I mean, I could be wrong about some of these other ones, but yeah, those are the two that I, when I looked at, I they were like, oh yeah, I know those names. Okay. And so, then so I, I have a quick I have a quick Galacticon story. Mm-hmm, please. Uh, not not Galacticon one, unfortunately, but um, so Mike Fluke, I believe, was at his first, or maybe it was one of the first Galacticons. And um, uh, so the the zany Canadians, uh, Mike Ketty slash Fortune slash Delve. And Rob Nadon were there and Mike had to go to the bathroom and he says, hey, he came up and he asked, and unfortunately he asked Rob Nadon where the bathrooms were. And this is at a point where we weren't allowed upstairs, up the <laughs> winding staircase into the thing. And so he tells Mike, oh no, you just go up the stairs here and it's to, it's to the right. And so Mike's walking up the staircase and all of a sudden you see Gene start to come out and then Rob k- kind of catches Mike. He's like, no, 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 no. Come back down. So, uh, yeah. So he almost, Mike almost got killed by, uh, by Gene in the Sheldon house for trying to go upstairs when he wasn't allowed. His laser beam eyes would have struck him down surely. (laughs) Oh, well then uh, another uh, um, item that was on the same page and I forgot to put it in our run sheet here, but this was uh, some talk about champions of the galaxy, the movie and who would be in it. And uh, I'll let you promoters read through this list, but a few just really kind of cracked me up here. Uh, Playing the role of the creeper would be a made up John candy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> playing Raynard Beguile would be comedian David Brenner. <laughs> I think that was just because of the nose. Like they yeah. had the same kind of nose. I kind of figured I figured that. I could I could yeah. see that resemblance. Um, I like some of these descriptions here. Any big guy like Doug Furness as the executioner, any medium-sized guy like Randy Savage as Death Mask, and any tall, thin guy like Barry Windham as Darkos. <laughs> oh, I had to, I had to look up uh actor jose ferrer but after after googling him i do i do <laughs> recognize him and he d- he would make a good solaris he though. would make a good solaris mm-hmm. yeah yeah um i think my favorite and i'd love to hear his reaction to this himself would be a mustacheless ron simmons as lord nexus <laughs> i bet he would say damn I, I, I was gonna say i think he would have a one-word reply <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh no. so, always fun always fun to read about uh, people's ideas and, and see some new promoters absolutely Absolutely. And that, that seems to be one of those things that people always talk about, like, Hey, if this was a movie, who do you think would play this guy or this, yeah. this woman or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But so next we have one of our, our favorite features around the galaxy uh, where, where people send in their, their match results and general stuff. And, uh, and we kind of go through it and uh, laugh at some of the things that they did. So Matt, why don't you uh, lead us into the uh, around the galaxy segment? Well, uh, we'll start with Bazzi, who sent in one match, uh, an eight-man tag between the Animen and the Royal Guardsmen. Uh, and then you can read through uh, the, the times on these. But Bazzi has had entire uh, GWF years that lasted longer than uh, or shorter than this 
or shorter than this match. He's known for his four second matches. Yes. Uh, this singular match took 27 minutes and 37 seconds. I think he played uh, 21 18 in less time than that. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the Royal Guardsmen, the Royal Family Santos and the Overlord come up victorious over uh, Wolf and Badger and Battering Ram and Iron Mane. Um, looks like a little help with the Royal Overlord helping Santos masterlock the Badger to get the win. That doesn't really say if this was any kind of special match other than a straight eight-man tag, but elimination, obviously. But uh, maybe it was memorable because it's the longest match Badgie's ever had. <laughs> he must have been playing this one for like three days. I mean, for him, that's like, you know, forever. It's like This is like an, an Iron Man match for him. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we have Eric Michelle or Michelle in Francais. I, I don't know. Um, but uh, what stood out to me is Star Wars banged Bishop Hell. Very oh, yeah. uh, controversial at the time. <laughs> but uh, Star Warrior big banged Bishop Hell. Mark Ashby's uh, brain at the time didn't go anywhere negative, apparently. So I guess good for him and Dad. I for think me my brother did out. around the galaxy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, we had a torture chamber match that wasn't even one of the three main events. That was kind of interesting. Wolf over X, so King. I guess they had to stop and clean the ring of blood and get rid of the torture chamber before the uh, lowly interstellar match and the lowly cage match. Uh, Phantos uh, forced Mesmer to submit to retain the Galaxian title in the main event. But uh, yeah, I can't get past the Star Warrior big banged Bishop Hell. I don't know. This that says a lot about me. Yeah, that's I was about to say. Well, one of our minds is in the gutter, and it ain't me. So, you know. And we have this fabulous card, the Clash of Cosmos 7 Heart Attack from the Luna Auditorium on the planet Earth by the one and only Chad Olson. I mean, we got to go over several of these matches. Commander Sam pinning Comrade Terror in the opening. Gotta like it. Nexus Titan dropping the Invincible Kraken. The Game Hunters over Animal Pack by DQ. The Blood Brothers being the Powers of Pain by Countout. Which I wasn't aware that the, the Powers of Pain had uh, transformed back in time. Um, I don't think that was a GWF tag team name, was it? Or am I just forgetting something? I, I think Warlord got counted out. <laughs> I know Chad's told me who the Powers of Pain were for him, and I'm, I'm blanking. I want to say Creeper was one of them. Oh, definitely powers of pain there, then. Uh, <laughs> Iron Man in a 10-man battle world doesn't mention scaffold or non-scaffold. Um, Wait for it. Wait for it. Keep reading. Uh, a nice six-man tag. Jester Queen and Bishop Hell over the Norse gods with Exo King in an and ultimate escape match. Eastern Dynasty bested the new wave of Vanity and Adam Blast in a cage. We got the ultimate gladiators getting countout win over the IP tag, Chance the Barbarian, Star Warrior, DQ win to retain the IP belt over Wolf. Lots of screwy finishes here. Chad went to the Dusty Road School of Booking. The Greek Gods regained the Galaxian tag belts over the Cosmic Forces on a scaffold. So to the shock of no that, one. Yeah, I don't know if that means that you had to have a pinfall on the scaffold since it says on a scaffold doesn't say in a scaffold match. It says on a scaffold. So maybe they had to have a pinfall on the scaffold. It was a, it was a false, count anywhere. It false count yeah, anywhere. False count anywhere. The scaffolding was outside. <laughs> uh, 
A rare DQ finish out of Chad Olsen's supercard as Santos, the Galaxian champion, loses by DQ to Pulsar Prime. Chad also had no idea how to roll twice for DQ, but uh, there was Clash of the Cosmos 7 heart attack. Well, there you go. Way, way, to, way to kill the Luna Auditorium uh, uh, there, Chad. Um, sounds like one of my cards, actually, um, back, back in the day. Well, thanks, Matt. Appreciate you going through that. And um, next up, we've got the Super Report Special Supplement. I, you know, I, I, I often take some supplements, but I don't, I wasn't aware of this one. Corey, what's going on here? Well, Tim, the Super Report Special Supplement was brought to us by Chad Olson uh, from Leland, Iowa. I've been there. Um, <laughs> uh, but this is just kind of some some bonus material, I guess. Um, Lord, it's only part one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was that, Matt? Look at some of these goofballs that wrote into them. Well, yeah. So it's, <laughs> so we got Chad compiling this, but it's just material from the Ash Movie Brothers. <laughs> no, but it is something that was that was always near and dear to Chad, and that's special matches. We have a, a Cygnus Street fight from uh, from Bob Ashby um, that was brought in by Tong Soon in an effort to balance out the Western Powers Boot Camp match. It's a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, you have a chart, a special chart for rolling on into the ropes or turnbuckle, and then a, a separate chart for the out of the ring. And then you can roll uh, one die when you're out of the ring to see if you stay outside or if you get thrown back in the ring. So that's kind of a cool, cool way to do a falls count anywhere match. And then uh, from Mark himself, we have a couple of matches here. Battleground of the Stars. I'm just gonna just gonna read the. I'm not gonna read all the rules, but the description here. Please is, don't. Yeah. The, please yeah. Don't. <laughs> no, just the, just the description. It says those of you who have no patience better skip this one. Pack for a long trip, and please no letterbox. <laughs> Battleground of the Stars is a match involving at least 20 wrestlers in a cosmic cage 30 feet high with an enclosed top, and across the top of the cage there are weapons on a steel bar stretching the length of the cage. There are also weapons at various places around the mat and the ring itself. All weapons are in pairs, two chains on top, two chains on the mat, etc. These weapons can be taken by anyone, only one weapon to a person if he can grab them. The object of the match is to attempt to knock as many opponents as possible unconscious, unconscious and to be the last man standing, and this is determined by a token system. Wrestlers rack up tokens by, uh, for being injured until they reach 15 tokens, at which point they are rendered unconscious and are eliminated from the match. And you promoters can read the, the rules as far as how to play this match. This is a, this is a big chart. This, this may need to go in our next uh, um, promoter or, or ringside companion. Um, no, enough pages. Exactly. It'll be its own ringside companion. No. You pay um, <laughs> I know we talked, Mark, when, you, when uh, we talked about the Castle Cosmos. Do you remember what the inspiration for this match was? Very unique here. Um, yeah, good question. It's just I don't know. I always wanted to go bigger and, you know, sometimes better, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I, I do remember running this match. Um, still don't remember who, who won it. And those records have been lost to the mists of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was always just, I just kind of thought, you know, let's make something that's just as over the top as it can be. I know like <laughs> war games, you know, from NWA, you know, that, that just spurred my imagination on a lot of things. And if you're going to have, a uh you know a big galactic federation where it's up to you promoter and you got all these aliens and stuff why not go over the top with it it's it's kind of my i've always had that flair for the theatrical i guess <laughs> um but yeah it is it is quite involved and uh yeah I, I you know it i got through it apparently so i don't know if anybody else who's out there in in uh 
uncharted territory land ever ran this match. I would love to hear how it worked for you. Yeah, please, promoters, if you did this, yeah, please send in your, your results and your memories. Um, and another match, and I remember seeing uh, seeing this at some point uh, from some of Chad's old materials, but Mark also sent in rules for a Thunderdome, and he clarifies this wasn't the NWA Halloween Havoc type of Thunderdome, but inspired by Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome. And uh, definitely kind of cool, a cool match here, definitely an ode to the movie of Mad Max. Um, yeah, so really cool. You can check that out, check that out, how to play that. And then the last um, feature in this uh, in this supplement uh, is from Bob Ashby. It's character differences between the first and second editions of the original Champions of the Galaxy cards. And uh, this is this is definitely cool for you collectors out there if you want to know uh, some of the differences between the first printing and the second printing. You know, recently we just uh, reprinted the first Legends of Wrestling color set. And, uh, and I think it was Grant Pachoco started a list on the discussion board of the differences between the two versions. So if you're, you know, kind of a completionist, you like that, that kind of history, really cool, uh, uh, really cool to see this list here. Um, yeah. Any, any thoughts or memories, Mark, on this, on any of these features? The, uh, the differences between the first and second editions, I remember that came about because, because um, Bob, we, we had done our own federation or we'd done a joint federation together at the beginning. And then he decided he wanted to do his own fed. So he wanted his own set of cards. So he got those. And it was obviously after that first run of 500, but I still had the originals. And I remember we, it was some match and we rolled something. It was like the first time that we were going against each other. And I, I said, you know, I'm going to go with choice, whatever. And he was like, choice, what? And I, I said, choice, whatever it happened to be. He was like, are you sure that's right? And then we looked on the car. We're like, damn what is something is different here so then we you know one trait of at least both of us ashby brothers it's not necessarily a family thing but both of us we have to once we notice something we have to compile we have to make lists we have to quantify so um he took it upon himself to uh to look at uh what all the differences were so yeah there were this is more than i remembered being different that that's actually quite an extensive list so uh, it's kind of neat to look and, and see all of these like, no, they had a C death jump instead of a B or whatever, you know, it's um, going down memory lane myself, just thinking about those the uh, cards that I have up in the attic right here that are the original 500 that I know lots of people would love to get their hands on and I haven't played with in how many years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely there'd be people willing to buy those off you, Mark. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hang on to them. <laughs> not for sale at least at this time good 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 for you if i need to you know sell money or, or you know buy my meth here in west virginia <laughs> i'll you know i might think about putting money back there you go <laughs> when, when you need to put an addition on the house then, then <laughs> oh my god this house is way too big i don't want an addition <laughs> well when you want to demolish part of the house either way yeah no that's yeah yeah, I thought that was really cool. The uh, just kind of the the whole list of the differences because people always ask about that stuff, and we, we always say, well, the, the easiest one to find is vanity because the pin rating is different. Mm. Um, but it is kind of cool, really going through this and looking and seeing what what Tom was thinking and what he was trying to do because you see a lot of guys that had like B ring ratings going to C's, um, you know, like Pit Viper, who I wouldn't think is a C ring rating, but. You know, it's just interesting to kind of see how he was trying to create a little bit more, I think, division between the top guys and the, the mid-level guys. Um, or maybe not. Maybe he just wanted a couple other guys with C-rate. I don't know. But um, it's just interesting to have all that stuff together. And, um, 
And yeah, I do. I do remember the Thunderdome match, and I, I don't think I ever attempted the uh, the Battle Dome of the or the, the the Battleground of the Stars. So, um, but good stuff all. So uh, our, our last section here of the uh, the March 1990 Super Report is my favorite section: uh, the GWF history. And so uh, when last we left the Galaxian Wrestling Federation. Um, we had, uh, I believe, Pit Viper had been dragged out of a uh, an arena, and now, uh, in the first part of this, we have an introduction of Solaris, who is apparently watching wrestling on his boulder-sized crystal television. <laughs> and um, and then later, as we get into it, we've got more on the whole Pit Viper being kind of forced into the villain side, and um, um, it, it says that. Uh, uh, the person had been handled with the crude deafness of a vegan ample uh, which I believe is different than a vegetarian ample uh, As in but... Vega the star, you know. Ah, okay. There yeah. you go. See, now I'm, now, now I'm learned. Okay. <laughs> and I do like how Kraken does call him Mr. Viper uh, in the, uh, in, in the conversations, but, but Mark, what, uh, what, what were you looking to do here in the, 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 the latest segment of the, uh, the Federation history. Uh, yeah, introducing Solaris as this otherworldly kind of, you know, spiritual, uh, whatever. So, if, you know, Crystal Television did it, then, you know, apparently worked back in March of 1990. Um, yeah, Pit Viper getting, you know, let's let's call it what it is. He was kidnapped. Uh, <laughs> that was a flat out kidnapping, but, you know, this is wrestling, not, uh, not the real world, real galaxy. Um, my favorite line of it, though, I, yeah, the Mr. Viper is, is good, but Vi Pit Viper is kind of like out of it and he's trying to, you know, get it, get his bearings and everything. And um, so Kraken's trying to get him to, you know, go see a friend of theirs right behind that door. And Pit Viper says, go, go suck an egg, because that's, you know, a real good way to tell somebody off even in 2090. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I guess being a family publication i couldn't have him say go f yourself um but maybe uh, in, in the attitude era of wwf wwe it would have been <laughs> more like that yeah this is just more you know fill in in the stories and trying to get pit viper transitioning over to uh the dark side so to speak um so yeah shorter installment than most it was only a one pager instead of the two or so that it normally is yeah, and I, I thought it was, you know, it was kind of kind of cute that the way it ended where, you know, he gets shoved through this portal kicking weakly. And then then the last line is he would never be the same again. Dun, dun. <laughs> I was like, dun, dun, dun. I'm good at the but no, I thought that. Yeah, there there you go. By gosh, now now you're waiting for the, you know, the, the April issue because you got to find out what the hell's going on with this guy. But no, I thought I thought uh, just a great issue. I thought it was really kind of, uh, you know, kind of like I said, kind of a landmark thing with the, uh, you know, now we're really moving towards this this convention, this first convention. We got the the venue lined up. Um, I, I just it, it's just a, a cool issue to to go through and read. I hope everybody takes a look at it. Um, you know, we'll have the links and all that stuff. Corey will do all that because I. If you if you left it up to me, it would be I'd, I'd be sending out paper copies to everybody. Um, but uh, no, another great issue. I, I want to uh, thank Mark and, and Matt for coming on and sharing their their memories of these early days of of the uh, uh, 
the the Club Galactica uh, folks and and the the uh, the memories of of the newsletters and that. I think it's just great. I really enjoy these these uh, episodes every every month. And um, uh, now we'll, we'll kind of. Well, you know, I, I, I Chad enjoys some of them. I think. He but, enjoys, uh, enjoys we'll, all the parts where he doesn't hear that Michigan accent. Oh boy. <laughs> Well, with that, let's get to our uh, wrap up and, and shout outs. And uh, we'll go first to, to Mr. Ashby. Uh, OK, um, well, I would like to give a shout out just to give like a, a second plug. I know Tim is so masterful at these TKO store plugs, but I would like to say I am now a TKO uh, store customer myself because uh, our current show for my theater group acting out for good is uh, the Adams family. And I was looking for somebody uh, to print up some T-shirts because normally for the cast and, and anybody who wants one, we just kind of get like a, a T-shirt that's just sort of like a memento of the show. And uh, so I was like, you know, I know about this store from this podcast that I listened to and I would like to support this, uh, his business. So I contacted Justin uh, in the interim between uh, the last time I was on the show and he came up with a good design for me and printed some up and uh, yeah, they are, it's, it's high quality work. So I uh, thumbs up for me for uh, TKO stores. So, um, you know, even though it wasn't for like a, a fighting related thing, he was more than happy to, to help me out with the design and, and uh, send them all the way out to West by God. And uh, so, yeah, please, whether it's uncharted territories or if you've got a design for your, yourself, then please contact Justin. He did a really good job. So that's my main shout out. Um, we are still, uh, like I said, doing uh, Adam's Family for Acting Up for Good. We're, I'm in between weekends of shows right now, but we have uh, had good crowds for the first weekend in a new venue for us. And uh, it was kind of nice to, to be in a different place. It was a little nerve wracking because I didn't know if we would have folks coming out to see a, a new group in town. But uh, we have a lot of performers who are from the area, uh, Petersburg, West Virginia, where we're performing. And so uh, we've had a, a good weekend with that. And we're gearing up for our holiday show, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You want to follow what we're doing? Uh, we're on Facebook, Acting Out for Good. Uh, and actingoutforgood.com is the website. Um, that's really it for me. You know, just happy not to be a Michigander. Thanks, everybody. So, Mark, just just need to ask, what what role are you playing in the Adams Family? <laughs> the guy who punches all the buttons to make the sound and the lights go on and off. I love that guy. <laughs> that's that's what I do. He's my favorite one. <laughs> I can sing Lurch's part, but uh, no, we got a guy who's a, a little bit taller than I am and a little more menacing looking than I am to play Lurch. So yeah, somebody's got to do it. Don't you? Mark, the, the biggest question is, do you do the Lurch dance in the show? Uh, there is the very first song is called when you're in Adams and Lurch mm -hmm. does get involved in that dance, but he's doing like, uh, what do they start off with a, like a line dance and then they do okay. a bunny hop and then the twist. And so I guess okay. Lurch's twist is probably as close as, as you get from the, the classic sixties looking dance. Uh, but, okay. uh, Jimmy, the guy who's playing him does a very credible job. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> Fantastic. Matt, any, any, any shout outs or things you want to plug or say or whatever i'll uh plug my uh legend said the uh, tag team tournament has finally happened um i believe the the episode that Corey and i recorded i talked about the 16 teams that were going to be involved and then uh decided to make a change when uh, the windham and rotundo u.s express cards 
were coming out, I decided to pull them out of my tag team tournament because I don't want to use them as a tag team until I get those cards. And I stuck the Vashans in because I had just uh, picked up that set. And of course, the Vashans quickly got DQ'd to the Road Warriors, who did go on to win the tournament as predicted. The Road Warriors over the fabulous ones in the finals. So we've got our uh, heavyweight title and our tag team titles all set. I'm just kind of prepping now for official card number one. Fantastic. Great news. Great to hear. Glad you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, jumping into the legends pool into the deep end. So good, good, uh, good to hear, Matt. And again, just a continued shout out to Chad for once again, staying away. Well, you know, that's, uh, that, that's to be expected. Corey, what do you got for us this week? Thanks Mark and Matt for joining us once again and, uh, taking a trip down memory lane and, Promoters, as Tim mentioned, you can uh, check out the entire March 1990 Super Report issue through the link in the podcast notes. There are a few other articles and features we didn't really highlight in this discussion, but you can read through this entire issue uh, through that link. Uh, thanks to Tim for hosting as well. And I'll uh, take one of Chad's jobs and thank those who commented on episode 104. And that would be Jay Irish 780, Pete Fusco, uh, Mark Taggart, Emperor Scott the Flash Norton, Chad himself, Victory Roll 84, Troy, Matt Dickendesher. Thank you, Matt. Saturday, November 12th in Clinton, Iowa. Uh, and so if you're able to be in Clinton, Iowa on Saturday, November 12th, come see Chad and many other promoters and have a good old, good old time playing some Phil Singer games and uh, maybe some other things as well. Uh, but once again, yeah, thank you, Tim, for hosting. And thanks, everybody, for clicking, listening, and downloading. Thanks, Corey. And I'm, I'm glad that Chad can get other members of his family to do all his work for him. Um, you know, I, I just like to, to note that, you know, uh, I've been a Yankee fan since uh, probably the early 70s and was sad to see them get swept away by the Astros. Uh, we'll probably be rooting for the Phillies in the World Series because I just can't root for the Astros uh, yet. Um, I used to love the Astros back in the 80s when they they were like a, a speed team, like they were they couldn't hit a lot of home runs because they were in the Astrodome, which was massive. Um, but, uh, yeah, after the, after the whole cheating scandal that, that kind of soured me on the Astros team. Uh, so I'll probably be rooting for the fills and we'll see what happens there. Uh, other than that, uh, as always would like to thank everyone for listening. It's, uh, our pleasure to, to, to get together and do this. And, uh, I'm still surprised that, that people are, you know, hanging with us for 105 episodes, but, uh, Hey, we'll be back uh, next week with episode 106. So, Hang in a little bit more and we'll uh, we'll keep the content coming and we'll see you next week. Hey promoters, it's Corey again, and we would love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topic suggestions, or any other comments, and we might include your audio in a future episode of Uncharted Territory. There's two ways you can do it. You can go to tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. Again, tinyurl.com backslash U-N-C-T-E-R. You can click the message button and record up to a one-minute message, and we can include that in a future episode. Or you can email us either audio or a written question at our email address, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Again, utpodcast2020 at gmail.com. Thank you.
Want to show your friends that you listen to Uncharted Territory? Well, head on over to our store at tkostore.com slash collection slash uncharted hyphen territory. You can choose from a shirt or hoodie with Travis Heckle's great podcast cover artwork or a shirt with a design inspired by one of our favorite bands. While there, check out the other great merchandise at TKO, including shirts of several of the top MMA fighters, including Bigfoot Silva, Tim Sylvia, Ensign Inouye, and more. Need a shirt made for your event or organization? Contact TKO, run by Filsinger Games promoter Justin Bulka, aka Pike Mojo, to place your order. Again, that's TKOstore.com, T-E-E-K-O-Store.com. Can you just yeah. text uh, text Matt and see if he's? I, I don't have his number, alive. but I just I, I don't I don't have his number, but I emailed him and just said, "Hey, okay. are you able to join us? Remember, Chad's not on, so it's okay for you to join us. It's um, okay for you. Let's, to, yeah. let's give him like five minutes, I think, and then we'll get okay. rolling. Okay. Maybe because he's the true star of Uncharted territory, he has to make a, a grand entrance. Autumnal. Damn!